Be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Words from today's epistle reading. Do you know what happiness there is in being in a state of grace? Being able to praise God out of the abundance of a soul that loves him? St. Paul knew it very well. And so his soul soared eagerly to the Lord even though the huge burden of being the apostle to the nations rested heavily upon him. There's an incomparable comfort, a security, and an elevation of the heart for one who's a devout believer. Karl Marx, the dread inventor of atheistic communism, eschewed religious faith because, as he famously said, religion is the opiate, the drug of the people, disabling them from bettering themselves through political and social involvement making them rather to retreat, to shrink from the realities of the world's problems. His famous dictum is but a half-truth. Real faith, the Christian faith, is indeed the source of great happiness but not a deceptive one that masks the harsh realities of life. But it is the only genuine, complete, and everlasting one, the possession of God. We sinners all, we know the true source of human misery and unhappiness, sin the sins we have so shamelessly consented to ourselves and the sins of others. The bitter sting of guilt for having transgressed the inescapable laws of God and the consequent wretchedness sin brings upon the world. These are negative confirmations of the truth that happiness lies in the possession of God, of being in a state of grace. The Apostle Paul says, the days are evil. Redeem the time. These memorable words obscured by our modern translations, make it known that we can be redeemers in a sense. We can redeem, we can purchase the time 
for God, sanctifying the day, snatching it out of the clutches of the devil, the prince of this world, and give it over to God to ransom it, to rescue it, to convert it over to the domain of God as our holy offering. Redeem also the people. When I pray for you, my parishioners, I'm praying God to redeem you through my poor prayers and the power of my priesthood to draw you away from sin, to convert your hearts, to give you all the spiritual goods of grace and sanctity for your eternal welfare. But you also must be redeemers, small r, redeemers of other souls by your intercession. If only they would know the sweetness of being a friend of God, a lover of the Sacred Heart, they'd readily give up every other thing to obtain that one pearl of great price. And if you yourselves knew how much God desires to own you, to possess you, to have your loyalty, to embrace you, if only you knew that, you'd become saints. But how is it that you do not know that? What's kept you in the dark? What has blinded you from seeing this? You know the answer. It's your sinful loves and attachments to silly, frivolous, and deadly pleasures that keep you right where you are without making any progress, stuck immobile in the lukewarmness that hated mediocrity of your present state. If only you knew the sweetness of God. If only your souls had nerve endings to give you the physical effects of ecstasy of grace or excruciating pain of sin, then you'd all run to the doctor Christ to be ever healthy. But God wants you to come to him not out of pleasure or pain, but in faith. Thus we heard in the Holy Gospel, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. With signs, miracles, with pleasures, we'd all be believers. Yet we, lacking these, hesitate and believe only lightly. What is this fear that we have 
which makes us not trust in God completely. I wish I could analyze it, but I can't grasp it. There's something that holds us back from having an unqualified trust in God. We want to reserve to ourselves some of our rights. We do not want God to have all the controls of our lives to do with us as he pleases. Do we have faith? Yes, but with reservations. This is a pitiful thing to say about us. And it's a pity that God should have us so. Every morning I get up and sit in my chair in the dark to listen for God, to wait for God. In reality, of course, he's been waiting for me to quit my bed and begin my day with him. I'm happy to be there, not only for my sake and for the sake of others who are beginning their day with him, but if you'll pardon the expression, or if he'll pardon the expression, I'm happy for God's sake that he finds here and there some souls who want to be loving, want to be generous, want to be obedient and self-sacrificing. The devil, I reason, can't have all the souls. God must have at least some of them. And not only after a long and terrible purgatorial fire after life, but even here and now on this earth. God searches for a tabernacle in which to dwell, a place, as our Lord said, wherein he may lay his head. But I searched he laments in the Psalms, but I found none. God's great desire for us often goes unfulfilled. Why would we want to deny the Lord the good pleasure of having our souls if he takes delight in the sons of men? God, we quip, should have a higher standard than to want us wretches for himself. The unfathomable God, who can understand him? Why he made us, why he wants us, why he gives us the freedom to possess him or to be miserable without him. See how St. Paul coaxes us to want to be holy people. He says, be not drunk with wine, 
that wine, which is impurity, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he continues as I began today, speaking in psalms and hymns and spiritual canticles, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Our Lord wants to hear a song from your hearts more than from your throats, from souls that are full of grace and filled with the presence of God. The happiness of possessing God is beyond what words can convey. You should trouble yourselves to do everything you can to have it and keep it as your most prized possession.